Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did I tell you that we relaunched our TV podcast that is now called the Prestige TV Pod? We did it in time for Succession, which is launching in October. But there's so many good shows this fall. We got Yellowstone and Billions and Insecure. We have The Shrink Next Door. Is Mayor of Kingstown going to be good? We're going to be breaking all of it down. The morning show season finale. We are going to be here. Like, we're going to treat it like we treat the NBA playoffs. If there's a really good prestigious TV show, we're breaking it down in this feed. Check it out. The Prestige TV Pod from the Ringer Podcast Network. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Bobbin, real one, Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. Hi, Raja. Hi, hi buddy. Hi, buddy. We have a guest today. It's kind of, you know, a little guest. Have Bill Simmons in a motherfucking building. Simmons, how you doing, bro? I invited myself. <laughs> he, he did invite himself. I got a text, a, like, during the holiday break, like, hey, I'm trying to go on real ones. What's popping? And I'm like, we'll figure it out. And so a week later, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well, I wanted to grab Raja for my pod, but he's doing two week here and then he's got the next Pat Mahomes in his house. So I, I never want to bother him. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. I try to no ease pressure. into it with him. Hey, I'm hands off with that now. I may have ruined him for basketball, Bill. Like, I think I've, I've said this on the pod, but I'm really hard on him with basketball. So like football, I just stay as far away as I can stay, man. I'm like, Smart. hey, good luck. Smart. He's looking good. Is it easier though, like for you to have a have a have a kid that plays a sport that you didn't like? Raja, full disclosure, Raja loves football. Like he would have went to the University of Miami if he if he could do it all over and do it perfectly. He would went to the University of Miami and played football. But that being said, he did not play professionally football. So my question to you, Raja, is: Is it easier for you to to raise a kid in a sport that is sports you didn't play? Like you could just be vibes and is that is that is that easier for you? One thousand percent. Okay. Like D D and I. uh, Well, let me just put it like that. When I was coaching, right? Because I coach as well. I I thought it was really hard to separate, or for him to understand the line between coach and dad, right? And so 
the relationship could be affected at times. But football, because I don't know shit and I don't coach any of it, it's a much healthier relationship. My middle son is wired a little different. Um, and he really loves hoops, so we're good. Um, but yeah, I think it's generally easier if you ask most people, man. If your if your kid plays a sport where you could just sit back and watch him go to work or 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 whatever, um, it, it's healthier for that relationship. That's a fact. I had the same with soccer. My daughter started playing soccer when she was like five, and that was I always thought she was going to play basketball, and she just kind of headed towards soccer. It was way more fun for me because I yeah. didn't really understand soccer. And now I do. I can see it. I don't see it as well as I see basketball, but I can at least see the angles and the spacing and the stuff. And it's been fun, but I don't know too much. Whereas basketball, yeah. I think I would have had a hard time if she was playing at a hard level because I just understand it. And I think it would have probably driven me crazy a little bit. For for me, I think, I mean, not that we're going to turn this into this, but like I get to build, like, like when I retire, people ask me all the time, hey, do you miss it? And I, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily miss playing. I miss some of the things around the game. I miss the camaraderie and stuff like that. But what I found that I miss the most is learning, yeah. you know, and, 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 and trying to be good at something. And so for me with football through Dia, it gives me another avenue to learn because I don't know anything about it, like real in depth. And so as he learns, I learn, right. And then we're, you know, we get to watch film and it's, it's been cool for me to satisfy that part of, of what I miss, you know, about playing in the NBA. Yeah. And that position that's all studying, mechanics, repetition, picking up little tips here and there. So yeah, that must be a cool experience. It's not much different than, I don't know, like being a quarterback versus like being a golfer or like some of the stuff I'm sure Steph was doing from like age seven, age eight, where he's just over and over again, figuring out his release, his touch, yep. all that Super stuff. Super repetitive. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it, it's interesting, right? Because I was talking to someone earlier, and I, and this goes right into Steph, where you know you see guys or, or or people that are just athletes in general, and they, but it's just the sport that they had more rep, the most repetition in. And Steph, uh, from everything that I've heard, is one of the best athletes of all time. Yeah. Um, you talk to Steve, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr compares him to Nash, who you wouldn't think is a great athlete. They always said one, that about Nash. As, yeah, exactly. Um, but then you see he's like, I, I went on a golf course one time with Steph and Phil Mickelson and Steph isn't as good as Phil Mickelson, but he had, he was like staying with him on the golf course. And that takes a lot of oomph. And he didn't, he, he only plays, he's a scratch golfer, but he's a scratch golfer when he barely plays. And I saw Steph play uh in a charity baseball uh game one time and he was like he was playing shortstop and he he like turned a double play and I was like oh shit he's so good but um that's going into Larry what I Bird wanted was to like that too Larry Bird played yeah he messed around on Indiana State and just played for the varsity baseball team and he was playing first base and he actually broke his thumb or his finger and his shooting he said he always said was like never the same after he broke his finger he was like I was I was really good in Boston, but I actually would have been better if my finger is oh. like the, my touch is a little <laughs> bit off. Well, like, all right, well you're all still right. like one of the five best ever. I, I want to ask you a question though. Like I know we we didn't come on the pod to do this, but Bill, since we have kids that are that are playing sports, Logan and I pre-pod were talking about these kids and and how you know advanced they are now in in basketball. When he was watching a video, right, and I was saying that the training starts so early now, like it wasn't around and available to us when I when I was coming up. Um, but what it makes kids do is really have to streamline their sport and they have to pick a sport and get in that lane because I hate it, I hate it too. 
I really do. I hate it. And you have so many kids that don't get the experience of playing multiple sports and trying to figure out what they really love and, you know, just generally cross-training those muscles, which make you an overall better athlete. Everyone is so specific. You have to, you have to figure it out really early now. Everyone, I remember talking to Alex Morgan and Abby Wambach about that, both of whom played multiple sports. I don't think Alex even started playing soccer full-time until she was like 13 or 14. And they were always like, you got to play multiple things. But the way things are rigged now, I really wanted my daughter to play soccer and basketball. And I I thought she could have been good at basketball. There was no way to do both. There was this moment, like fourth grade, fifth grade, where you have to start playing club. You have to start doing the privates. And you really have to, there's this two-year window where if you don't hit it, it's just not going to happen. And the soccer at that point was pretty time consuming. And it's like to do both and just be one of those families where you're just in the car going from point A to point B to point C all weekend. I didn't, we didn't want to do that. And I, I don't really know a lot of people who try to play the two sports at the same time. I think it's too hard. Yeah. I tried when I was like, obviously not on that level, but I tried. I played quarterback in high school, but it was also my love was basketball. And right. it's, it's, there's always an interesting time where you have to adjust right? Because your body is telling you to play a certain way during the fall. And then you have to reposition your mind to play a a totally different type of sport. And I, I will push back on the, on the fact that like, I, I would like if I, you know, when I have a kid, I'd like to think that I'd like to have them that have that focus and to just try other shit, right? Like your your love is obviously one sport and that's one you're best at. But like I would like them to try maybe a baseball if they played football or a basketball if they played another sport like that, but have a focus. What do you guys think about that? Because you guys have had kids would do that. What do you think? Well, mine right now, they they do that. Like, so Dia yeah. is football focused, right? Gave up a year and a half of basketball, but is now playing varsity for me. Um, and he's he's going through what you're talking about. He's played two games. He's got up nine threes and he's over nine because he hasn't played basketball in so right. long, right? So like, he got to knock that rust off. My other one is just the opposite. He's a basketball focused kid who happens to be good at football. The, our, we got lucky because those sports just like, they kind of bump into each other seasonally. They're not, the same season. And that's where it really the problems become when you're, when you're taking a natural sport, like football, let's say that's fall. And now you're putting seven on seven in the spring winter season. And that's usually basketball season. And you're making a kid pick, you know, between a club season, a seven on seven and whether he wants to continue to play basketball, it gets a little dicey. Well, California's, I think my daughter would have played soccer and basketball, but there is no upside for it because soccer and basketball are the same season in California. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And it's like, so what, so what's the upside? You're not allowed to do both. And if anything, I don't know, maybe, maybe, it, maybe basketball, softball would be the ones, but it, it's funny. Cause I think basketball and soccer are the most similar with the way you have to kind of see in the spacing and the passing and playing off other people. And some of the triangle stuff is, is similar. And yeah, the conditioning and the fact that, you know, there's a certain toughness that I think both sports have, and it's too bad that they're at the same time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk about um, Suns Warriors. 
Uh, I was able to go to. I went to the game on Friday and and chase and. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I have my opinions on that because, you know, from the Warriors' standpoint, but I want to I get your opinion. I'm going to start with Roger real quick. Rod, is this the next, the next rivalry in the Western Conference? You know, we had one with the Warriors and the, and the Rockets. Um, I think there's some seeds there where this, can do, where this can do some things. What do you think? I, I'll hold my opinion, but I want to hear your, both of your opinions. I want to go with Roger first. What do you think? I, I mean, yeah, right now it's, it's a rivalry. I mean, you, you have two of the best teams in the league. You know, you you have, you know, two styles, I think, that make for a fun game to watch because they're like, it's not like a, a heavy a, a, a heavyweight match where you have a brawler and a boxer, right? And you're trying to draw this guy into punching with you. Like, they're both coming out. Like, let's go. We're ready to score it. Let's get up and down. So aesthetically, it's a cool game to watch. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're loaded. They have a lot of talent. I think they, they both sneakily hang their hat on defense. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like to like the, the naked eye say, hey, these are great defensive teams. They're they're about their offense, but that's where their bread is buttered defensively. Um, and they're both really good offensively. So I do think you have a really good rivalry set up. Some of that's going to depend on what pieces are kept and so on and so forth, what that looks like moving into the future. But right now, for sure. It's a good one. Is there enough hate, like like constructive hate yet, Simmons, for this to be like a really compelling rivalry or is it just seeds right now? That would have been Warriors-Lakers if the Lakers were still alive. Um, yeah. <laughs> Warrior Suns has the DNA of early 90s where you had like those Portland Phoenix series and you had like the Warriors were in there at the TMC Warriors for a year but really it was the Portland Phoenix had some really good battles during that during that stretch right and there was that fun Lakers team after Kareem retired and they went toe to toe with Portland and there was just like it was wide open it was up and down but both teams could play defense a little bit too and then you saw in the mid 2000s Really more with uh, with Dallas and Phoenix, who I think had the seeds for an awesome rivalry. And Phoenix just had, uh, we don't need to tell Raja, but just really bad luck a couple of years with the injuries, especially like losing Amari for that year. I think that was the year it really could have mm-hmm. happened. But the Dallas-Phoenix games in the Dirk-Nash DNA of those games were really fun. And now this is what that reminds me of. It's like, you just know it's going to be an entertaining game unless you have the scenario of the first Suns game where Steph just sucked, right? And right. Steph, he'll do yeah. that from time to time. He just sucks. And sometimes the Warriors can can battle back, but the Suns played it, and it was just that game you could tell where it was going. And then, of course, he he lays the smack down two, three days later. Um, I like it. It's got star power. It's got dicks on both sides, right? Draymond yes. can be a huge dick. Jay Crowder, not afraid of being a dick. Um, yeah. You have the eight issue with the Warriors where... Sometimes it seems kind of insurmountable. Other times it seems like they can play them off the floor. And I don't think either team is done yet from a roster oh, Simmons, standpoint. Simmons, don't don't discount Chris Paul and Steph. There's something simmering there. That's all I'm going to say right now. I just there's something simmering. That thing was already that thing was taken out of the there. oven and and passed out to the customers already. What are you talking about? I know, no, I, but like you, it's. I think in the with us we've seen it right, but in the social consciousness, there's been evolutions of both of their games. Well, you right? know like the Steph context of that, right? The playoffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the the Warriors Clippers series. Yep, that was Steph's initiation into NBA manhood. Chris, I went to the game seven, and Chris fouled him. I would say twenty eight times in that game. He was just bully ball rugbying him, and he put chest hair on Steph's chest. That that was the series where. <laughs> Where Steph went through NBA puberty, basically. 
Well, that was the year, honestly, where you, where Steph came of age and it was such a surprise because no one expected. I don't care what anybody says in hindsight. No one expected him to, to win that title that year. And we thought it was going to be what Cavs coming out. of It was going to be Cavs. No, that was the year some after. level of. I'm Which talking one? about no, that 14. Was, that was when the Clippers oh, 14, beat the Warriors. 14. Mark, yeah. ja- Mark yeah. Jackson wearing the black suit to the last game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like <laughs> I, I I I like this series because I feel like that. Uh, me, me and Roger have talked about this. This is a I, I like this iteration of the Western Conference because of that we're just kind of on the tail end of the super team era, right? Where it's not super teams that are put together. It is teams built the more traditional way. And you see these two teams that are deep and you really don't know who can win. I put the edge to the Warriors right now just based off of experience. But when you look at the Suns roster right now, and I want to get to Raja when we talk about this, when you look at the Suns roster, they have a guy like Aiden who is a great front court presence that the Warriors just don't have. Yeah, they have Draymond Green, but if he gets injured or if somebody gets injured, that front court, they have problems. They, it's not a very deep front court. And the Suns have the perfect roster to play against a Warriors roster on paper. What do you think of that statement, Raju? Yeah, I, look, I don't think that Aiton, I mean, I do think he's a mismatch. I don't think that the Suns would commit to, like, just bully ball in the hell out of of, of Golden State. They can't. Would, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I I like it. He's going to get his point. I'm like 23 in the I'm last I'm just saying game. the variance of, like, if somebody gets nicked up or something like that, then there there's something that could... The Phoenix can beat the Warriors you could. if there's somebody yeah. gets nicked up. Yeah. I, I think they could beat them anyway. I think this is one of those series where, I mean, I'm not going to pick Phoenix. Like, I, it's, it's, it would be 4-3, right? 3-4. It's going to go back and forth. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It was something I was going to say about Phoenix. You know, their pieces, Mikhail Bridges, you know, defensively, they've got guys that are long, athletic, they'll guard, they're not afraid, they'll get in your face, they're physical. And that's always, for me, been kind of kryptonite at times for for Warriors, for Steph. You know, not all the time, but those are the type of things that get to him. Physical defenders with length um, that are just there all the time, right? And you've got a bunch of them with Phoenix that are interchangeable and could switch. So it would present problems on any given night for, for Golden State. You know, Logan, you were talking about, is this the next rivalry? There's some stuff that shifted their, th- this rivalry's way in the West, right? Denver, the combo of they lose Murray and then they give Porter this extension and he's not even going to play this gets year. Hurt, yeah. And he's not even, you can't even say he's a trade asset at this point. So they're kind of stuck with their team where the number two and number three guys on the team aren't even playing. So you cross them off, at least for this year. And then Dallas... They've never been able to figure out the roster around Luca and, and you know, whether Luca is in the right kind of shape and all that stuff. So you kind of push them to the side. Kawhi gets hurt for the Clippers. And then the Lakers go all in with this terrible Westbrook trade that's kind of crippled them as a contender. So you look around at the West and it's like, other than Utah. Uh oh, no, uh oh, uh oh, hold on. Don't make, hold a, on, don't make hold that on. face at no, me, Raja. No, 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 hey, tell him, Raja, what's the rule of real ones? What's the real ones of real ones? There will be right no now. Russ slander. He came dangerously close, Logan. He, it wasn't very slanderous. Close. It almost, he came we very almost had close, Sasha back take him off. He almost came, he almost <laughs> broke the Cardinal Raja's sin, which is no Russell Westbrook slander but on the pot. There's I, truth. There's truth in it right Wait, now. It's not ask, been a, go ahead. Is yeah, it, go. Is it slander to call him a losing player for a half a decade? Is that a oh, is that a yes. slander? No, that's Come slander. on, that, man. That, what are you that, doing, that kind of man? Slander? 
You That's invite right. yourself yes. on the real. You invite yourself <laughs> on the real ones, and then break the he cardinal rules. Right, listen, <laughs> if you have a forty-four win ceiling with somebody who makes forty-four million dollars a year, is that <laughs> does that make him a losing player? I don't know. Here's what I will agree with. It has been a bad trade so far. I can agree. I concur. It's yeah. been a bad trade Raja, so far. Raja, you care about defense more than anyone on the planet. This team <laughs> completely sacrificed defense. I'm with the you. The reason with they you. won the title in the bubble, other than Davis and LeBron, and defense. Those are the three reasons. And they gave away one of them. Yep. Pretty no, I can't, I can't argue that. Can't and argue. Logan, yeah. they're going to blame Frank Vogel. It's his fault that Malik Monk yeah. and Wayne Ellington and Russell Westbrook aren't good on defense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, you're uh, right, but make your point because you had a good point. You're on a, on a roll right there with the, with the teams just, and how this sets I just up think for the Sometimes this happens, right? Sometimes the yeah. the seas of the conference open up, and yeah. you have it in this case where the the Warriors were able to reboot incredibly, and they have assets to trade if they want. And they got Clay coming back, and you have the Suns, who, you know, they were able to pull off this Chris Paul thing. And I don't know how he's still doing it at age 36, but he's doing it. And they have the foundation now for at least a couple years. And I don't think anyone's on their level. I watched Mitchell destroy the Celtics the other night, right? And it's like, all right, if Mitchell's going to go up a level over the next three months, if he's going to become like basically one of the top seven, eight players in the league, then you would have to take Utah seriously. He's showing signs. I don't know if we're ready for it yet. At that, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Donovan Mitchell could be the greatest player on the planet. It doesn't matter against the Warriors. It doesn't matter against any team because you know what's going to happen in the postseason? You know what's going to happen if the, if the Jazz play the Warriors in the postseason? It's going to be Steph Curry. Hey, Rudy Gobert, let's dance. Let's kick it real quick. Let, I'm going to the cup and I'm going to shoot a three in your face. Or, or Jordan Poole is going to be like, hey, you know what? Rudy, come here. I want to have some time with this. It's, it's, it doesn't matter, right? I don't think it would matter. And same thing if... The Jazz played against the Suns. Like, it's going to be the same thing with the pick and roll matchup. I don't even see the Jazz. I don't think the Jazz are going to, I don't think they're going to be a factor in the postseason. To How be did honest, you do this to me? Alone. Now I'm defending the Jazz, a team I don't <laughs> even like. I'm just saying, I, I have my eye on the Mitchell thing. I think he's the one guy in either conference that could make a leap. What do you think, Raja? No, it was, we did a, what was the, what do we call the pod, Logan, where it was like the most important player uh, on teams coming in. And it was an early pod. But anyway, Donovan Mitchell was one of mine, Bill. Because if he does, and it was, it was the same thing you just said, if he will take that next step, right? Because what we're talking about is like, yeah, Logan, I, I agree with you on paper that that's a bad matchup having Rudy Gobert's big ass out there in space for either one of those teams with the style of play that they play. The one thing that counters that is if Donovan Mitchell takes it into like the next realm where you just can't guard him, where it's if 45. If mid-2000s, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, you're just not, you can't do anything with that. That... Th that would even that playing field a little bit, right? I, I do want to say this about Golden State. I agree with the C's opening in the Western Conference and all of that. And I think it's interesting, both of these teams, but I give the edge to Golden State, have what a lot of teams in the NBA lack, which is great player development. Just great behind-the-scenes player development. In terms of skills, you know, and and figuring out how to get people to buy into the way they want to play, right? And I guess that's got, got something to do with their player personnel department. Like, I'm going to go shopping for ingredients that really fit, right? To your point about, about the Lakers, Bill, eh, not a great fit. Like, we're just, you know, like, so many teams do that, though. You take for granted that people are, like, really sitting behind closed doors saying, hey, does this fit with that? And in a lot of instances, they're like, I got to take a swing at that talent. Golden State... Phoenix, to a degree, they're shopping for certain pieces, certain items, and they just develop the shit out of them. 
Chicago did that, by the way, Logan, with, and I didn't see the DeRozan thing when it happened, but they figured out like, hey, DeRozan, Lonzo, Zach, and Caruso, which I think was the wild card, but I think they thought that was going to be Patrick Williams in that slot with Vucevic. We're going to be able to guard and we're going to be able to create shots at the end of games. And they were right. They're a really good fourth we're, quarter we're gonna, team. We're going we're gonna to talk about that next segment. We'll keep you on for that one. We're talking. We're going to talk about that next segment about the Bulls. But put that in your pocket. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just thank you. I'll take that. Put it in my pocket. But um, Raja made a point about player development with the Golden State Warriors, and that's a relatively new phenomenon with the Warriors because they, right. if you look back at their draft history, they didn't draft particularly well during that time. You know, they get they got the Jordan Bells, they got the uh, Pat McCaws, they got these guys that were good but couldn't get developed. And their art and the Warriors' argument was, well, we're chasing titles, not developing for the next generation. So they revamped their player development team, it, and this happened when Steph got injured and when Kevin left. This it, it it's it's not a coincidence that that's happened. You got a guy like Jordan Poole who. I had a little faith, but I bought very low on Jordan Poole when he got drafted. Then you get like Pascal and you get all these other guys um, that are playing well. Now you get a Juan Toscano Anderson basically out of your G League that you didn't know that you were going to get. And they've gotten some pieces. The reason why I would put the slight edge over Golden State is because they're playing well right now and they have two pieces that are coming in the fold. Now, I don't know what Wiseman's going to be, but everything I've heard about Clay Thompson, and I'm sure, Simmons, you've heard some things too. Everything I've heard about Clay is he's fucking balling in these in these scrimmages right now. He is, there's no question of how good he's going to be. The question is, is he going to be able to sustain how good he is with his health? Because he's had two debilitating injuries. But they got some dudes coming coming onto their roster. Now their front court needs to be shored up, but I, I I have an edge to to the Golden State Warriors right now. Do you are you are you on that plane on the same plane right now, Simmons? I have a couple couple concerns. One is that there's only 240 minutes in a basketball game and they have a lot of dudes. So Clay comes back. What well, how does that affect Jordan Poole? Is he gonna play as much? Is he gonna be able to be as good as he's been the last like basically season and a half if it's 15 minutes instead of 27? How does that affect Wiggins? Who's playing crunch time? I still feel like they need to improve the loony spot for me yeah. to feel great about them against the Suns. And I said that last week. I, I think Aiton's a problem for them, you know? And and there's a malleability they have that I don't think the Suns have. But the Suns, you kind of know, all right, we know we know who's going to be out there in the fourth quarter for better or worse. The Warriors have the ability. They can go small. They can go big. But I don't love their big lineup that much. And that was why... I was mentioning Miles Turner last week. It seems like Indiana's probably more likely to trade Sabonis, but can they improve the loony spot? Do you use Wiseman to improve the loony spot or do you hope Wiseman becomes the improvement? That's that's what I need to see with them. I, I'm going to push it to Ross in a second, but I think that Wiseman is going to be good long-term. I don't think they're going to... I don't think right at this very moment that they're going to trade him, but I think that the best-case scenario for him is 10-10 and 10 this year. Like, if he can do that, that's a win. 10-10? and 10. But That would be a miracle. <laughs> I don't think... Like, or he needs to get 10 rebounds. He needs to block shots. He needs to be the ultimate defender this season. It doesn't... Fuck what you see from LaMelo Ball. Fuck what you see from all the rookies in your class. Just, we need you to play a role this season. And I, I think he's going to do that. We'll see. But we haven't seen enough. What do you think about that, Raza? Do you think that Wiseman can 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 be that X factor? Or do they need to go out? Because I don't think a trade is going to happen. I think it'll be a buyout market type thing. But um, I think Wiseman has to play a role. I don't have a great answer for that. So let me just, uh, this is, th I do find something really fascinating about what Bill said in the conversation. 
coming into this year, if you're Golden State and you're sitting around in that in that front office and you know you're chopping it up, you're not sure what the window looks like. You don't like everyone says they're going to come out and win, but you don't really know. Like Clay is still out. You know, it, last year ended the way it did, and so you'd probably be reluctant to give up pieces like James Wiseman because you know that's your future, and you don't know the the you know the, you had all those heavyweights in the Western Conference. To Bill's point, the seas hadn't parted yet, and now they fucking part. Right. And you're sitting there saying, oh, shit, windows right now again. And so what's interesting to me is, does that like motivate you to maybe move a James Wiseman for something? Because he's not going to be the difference maker this year. I'm just going to say that like he's 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 not. And so, like, that's what Logan I find has him as about. a 10 and 10. I didn't Logan's optimistic. I, I said the best case scenario. But the thing the thing with I said, that's his, I think that's the best you can no, do. You're on the I, record. I, don't know. I heard it. I heard you say you call him a 10 and 10 guy. Anyway, 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 can I throw an old NBA example at you? What's up? Part of the thing with keeping these assets, like, yeah, yeah we're going to keep these guys and we next generation, we're building. So we've seen this before. We saw this with Portland in the early 2000s with Jermaine O'Neal, right? Where they had yeah. high school kid. I think they traded for him. Somebody else. No, they drafted him. And it's cool. It's like, all right, he's basically going to college with us. Now, that was a pretty pretty uh, hilarious college to go to in retrospect, the early 2000s Portland College. <laughs> Would but, have been a fun college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really definitely learned some life lessons in that college. But by the time he was ready to actually start playing, he was also ready for a giant contract. And yeah. If you remember, they end up trading him to Indiana and then he becomes who he is in Indiana. But I think it's hard when you have these assets. They're not playing a lot, but they're also going to start hitting that rookie extension territory. And it's like, all right, so are we going to pay James Wiseman $22 million a year, a year from now, when we don't even know if he can play 22 minutes a game? I, I, I push back on that. I think that the person you have to worry about right now is not a James Wiseman. I'd say it might be a, a Jordan Poole who was not expected to be playing this good at this point and is going to be up for an extension very soon and is going to probably want some bread, you know? He he was he's the unexpected dude, right? Where they're probably going to put him, you know, everybody that I talk to around the organization says that hey, he's probably a six man. You know, he's probably the six man dude and he's playing right now as a starter because he has to. That's something that you would have to look at. I don't I don't think that they would it's trade something he's going to look at. Damn right. If I'm playing 15 minutes a game, can I make $20 million a year? Right. I don't think that they're going to trade Wiseman this season just for the simple fact that you would have to trade another guy for him, and they're better than expected. Why would you want to trade and mess up the roster nucleus just to get a piece for this season that has not played with them? You know, and that offense is hard to get to. The reason why they're all vibes and stuff is because they all know each other. It's they don't do mid-season trades like that. The Warriors don't. So I don't think that they'll I think that they're gonna go as is. And I think a more likely option, and I could be wrong, and I'm not reporting anything because you know Sim is getting me in getting in a corner right now. But I think just looking at things, I think a buyout, somebody getting somebody on the buyout market is more of an option this season than trading for a front court guy. Mm. No, look. it makes more. It makes more. It makes more sense if you can get a good piece in the buyout, right? You, you get your cake and eat it too. You get something that helps and and whatever. But I just I think the conversation was probably dead at the start of the season. And I think internally, when you're you know when when you're an organization trying to trying to figure out every possible alternative, you at least have to have the conversation again once your window opens, right? Because when windows open, I mean you have to you have to strike. Not saying that they have to make the trade, but the most interesting we'll thing see. to me with with just talking trades with them is the evolution of Wiggins as an asset for them, right? Because you would have thought that yeah. was the contract they basically took 
to dump D'Lo and get this lottery pick that they had their fingers crossed on. And now Wiggins, I think, is a valuable two-way guy and I think has hit most of the potential we would have guessed for him, right? He's pretty steady, 17 to 20 a game. He He's a good two-way player. I think he plays harder, you know, game in, game out than maybe he has at any point in his career. And it's like, yeah, he makes $32 million, whatever it is, but he's a guy who can play in a playoff series. You know, if anything... The thing that worries me, you saw in the play-in games last year, is sometimes he gets a little too irrational confidence, a little, I got this E, <laughs> where it's like, just just guard the other guy's best player and hit some threes. But the question for me is, you could, you could really get somebody good if you took Wiggins now with one or two of your assets. And I don't know if I, to me, it's like, I don't know if they would be too delighted about trading Wiggins at this point, because I think he does a lot of stuff for them. Yeah. Don't take this for granted. There was a shift when he dunked all over Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. There was a shift in just him. And you know that, Roger, you know this being in the league for a long time where you just get one play that goes your way, doesn't matter how successful or bad you've been, it could change the course of a lot of shit in your career. Or in that season, there was, I was in the building. It was, I haven't seen a dunk like that in covering the league, covering the team for a long time. There was a shift in how the Warriors fans thought of him and how his, I don't want to say necessarily his teammates, but how how he was perceived around that organization, man. There, that was, there, was just, there was something there. I want to talk about real quick before we... By before the way, we, he's, we, he's not old. He's not old. He's not. I think he's younger than Giannis, which I think most people wouldn't guess. Uh, I would yeah. not have guessed that. Let me yeah. just say something before you move on, Logan, because when he got traded, remember when we covered that when he got traded, and yep. that's, that's gonna be, it's going to be a very good fit for him and for their team. And why I thought it'd be a good fit for him is, I talk about this all the time, when you go to unstable situations, when in, and, and the priorities always aren't in the right place. And you don't have great examples as to what a pro in that 3 and D role looks like. And someone's not communicating that to you every game. You know, you could just be out there thinking the NBA is something... You know, that's just really cool and I get to play in it and I get all the fame and whatever. But when it comes down to winning and you hit an organization where that's what it's about and everything they do is geared towards it and the singular focus is on winning, like he he was going to do well in that. And it helps people because there's some direction. And I, I thought it was just going to be a good fit. And I'm glad for him and for his career that it has been because that's what he was missing. He was missing some stability. And that's the thing with the, when there were rumors about, could this be a Ben Simmons location? You think like it's so hard to create a culture in basketball. Raja saw it firsthand with Nash. Nash, Nash is like a one-man culture. Like that 2010 Suns team that everybody had kind of written off. The Nash culture, the same thing with Duncan in the early 2010s with that Spurs team. You have the foundation. It's pretty easy to move guys into that who could go either way. And Wiggins was an either way guy. You know, and I think that's why when you think about people that could trade for it, there are guys who are just on the wrong teams. Like everyone on Sacramento to me is somebody I'd be trying to get. Cause as soon as you pull them out of whatever the hell is going on over there and you put them in a real situation, I don't know what the upside of those guys would be. You know, same thing for Indiana right now. I think Indiana has been unhappy for a couple of years. You're pulling a couple of people out of that situation. Who knows? But I, I'm with Raja Wiggins easily could have gone the other way and we wouldn't have called him a bust because he was always a 20 points a game guy, but we would have, we would have said it was a waiver underachiever, wasted talent, right? It's like, Oh man, too bad. That guy had all the tools. He just didn't have it in his head. 
CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. Simmons, I'm prediction right now. Will Chris Paul be healthy enough for them to realize their destiny? The Suns so realize their destiny. That's a great question because a lot of miles put on him last year. You think those playoff rounds, which um, you saw it with the Lakers last year, you know, they, you, when you go the extra two months and you're playing those, like those finals games, those count as like two games. Raj, you've been in games like that. Those, those games are, are wars. not. Those, those are, are wars. not. Those are not forty-eight minute games. Those are like two games packed into a game, and everything's so physical and everything's so tense. Like that takes something out of you. And Chris is old. He's already what he was doing last year. We'd never seen from that position at that age. You know, other than Nash, I got a stat for you. He's averaging thirty-two point three minutes per game. That is the most since his last year in Houston. Mm. I'm just saying it's early, but. You don't want to put miles on him. You don't have to put miles on him this early in the season, right? Like, he's a guy that you would, honestly, I'd put Chris Paul at like 25 minutes if I could. Just like, I don't care about, I'll see you fully healthy in, in, in April and let's go get this title, right? There was something, I, I, that's, something that's kind of weird going on with them, though. I think the Sarver thing, I think they put it all in it the basketball court and they that winning streak ended up actually meaning something to them. And I, I th- just think they approached it differently. What do you think, Roger? That, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it because I, I, I was going to give the same stat, Logan, about his minutes per game. Uh, and one of, the, one of the things we talked about coming into this season was finding minutes from someone else that could get Chris Paul off the floor for those seven minutes that you're talking about, Logan, that, that really means something at the end of the season. And whether it's a blown tire at the, you know, at the end in, in terms of an injury or if it's just general fatigue, like you can't afford that if you're the Suns. Like you, you know, I almost feel like Bill. It's a gr- it's a great point. Um, maybe that Sarver thing just got them, you know, galvanized and chasing and and focused on something. But I think that you want to be hitting the stride that they hit, and it was part of what happened to us. You know, when we went 17 wins in a row twice, we were so hot so early, and we had hit that stride when it didn't mean shit. You know, right. and that's the stride you want to be hitting later in the season, man. Like, you don't want to be burning the candle now. Yeah, for sure. I, we'll see what happens, man. Um, it's funny because in the beginning of the, se- the season, me and Raza were like, Western Conference final- Finals, Lakers, Warriors, Lakers, Warriors, because that's what we wanted, right? I don't even know if that's going to Is that going to be a 1-8 matchup at guys, best? I don't even know. Like, you guys I, were I sniffing no glue. Idea. I don't know. What, what were you guys seeing? <laughs> we wanted to see like, that here's Lakers the thing. team. Here's I don't the understand. Thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know I'm from the Bay. We've never had a Warriors Lakers thing. We've never had a real rivalry in the in basketball like that where they were both good at the same time. I wanted that for nostalgia. I wanted to go back and forth from LA to to the Bay and for this specific this specific thing. And I uh, Roger just loves Russ. And so, you know, we're I, I I don't know. I really just wanted this to happen. I love Russ and I love LeBron. I think AD is is great like as a, as a talent and a skill set. I can't I can't say that I necessarily love him the way I love the other ones. But so what I was thinking Bill was, you know, you give me those 3 mm. in a 7 game series. In a video game? Provided they could play some defense. See, this is what I didn't anticipate. I I had I like I just couldn't have and maybe I should have, right? This is this is me I, not I doing a great job of my job. I can't believe you didn't see this. You of all people. 
You I didn't know see, defense matters. No, no, no. I, I didn't see the propaganda, them, man. I didn't see them being that terrible defensively. Like I didn't, I didn't see that. Now I know that if you're that bad, you can't win. But I just really didn't see them being that bad. And I thought if you had that high end talent, you know, offensively with those three, I don't bet against LeBron. You put him with AD in a seven game series. I'm going to roll the dice. But they're just way worse defensively than I thought they were going to be. I think they made they really overreacted to what happened last playoffs where, you know, they're up 2-1 against the Suns. We all thought they were going to beat the Suns. Davis gets hurt. It flips. And then it's like panic time. And it's it's kind of weird in retrospect. I Listen, I, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to say I knew Caruso was that good. You talk to some of the nerds and they're like, yeah, there are, they were literally all of these defensive stats about his one-on-one defense, his, what the plus minus when he was in different lineups, all that stuff. I never thought he was as valuable as it as it turned out that he is. I mean, he's been unleashed on this Bulls team where and then the combo, like they lose Danny Green, they lose him. Who's the who's the other? Oh, and then uh, KCP. And I always thought Kuzma, you know, who was always playing out of position for them because he was always the same position as LeBron, but at least he gave a shit on defense. You know, they have guys now who don't even know what they're doing defensively. You know, hey, that that buddy Hill <laughs> bullshit shot over LeBron was so it was so gangster. It was just so. Did you see that? Did you see uh, the triple overtime game when? Oh, that game was great. When, oh, oh, that buddy. When Buddy Hill just he just looks at LeBron. He just sizes him up, throws some bullshit up, and it goes in. To, I think it was to tie the game or to to take the lead. It was. Oh, and he had already hit it like a deep three from the Lakers logo. That was just. It was beautiful. It was poetic. It was. It was awesome. It was all that. Adande <laughs> Adande was on my pod a couple months ago, and he was saying how he thought the bubble title that the Lakers won where you had all this time, right. To just get in shape for a 10 week thing was actually so perfect for LeBron, right. Where you don't have the miles from the regular. I thought it was a great point. You don't have the miles from the regular season. You get to rest, you get to work on your body and basically do this 10 week sprint. And LeBron was saying that was the hardest title he had to win. I I disagree. I, I would say he was uniquely equipped to succeed in the bubble from how much care and time he puts into his body and the conditioning. I think at the age he's at, and this goes for Chris Paul too, like to play a hundred games over eight months is really hard to stay healthy. I, th- I think if they had a, and this goes back to my super team argument, right? Like you, you put some, we see, we're seeing this in Brooklyn too, with the two, with the two dudes who are really, really good. It was the Popovich philosophy. Like you used to see that towards the tail end of Tim Duncan's era where they would just, Let's just say it. they would just throw games and they would play fucking Duncan 25 minutes a game because they had the infrastructure to be able to do that. I wish LeBron could just play like, fuck it, 25 minutes a game. Like it would, all parties would be, would be great. Just play them 25 minutes a game until the postseason and then put them all out. And now they can't do it because of the, the team that's way. around him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like, I want to, but I want to talk to you about the Bulls real quick. Wait, before you do that, can I ask Raja one thing? Go ahead. Poor Nash. It's not even a question. Oh. <laughs> Poor Nash. His third best player is Marcus Aldridge. Oh, He's got to yeah. be like, what happened? I yeah. was going to coach this offensive super team and Kyrie. Now he's got James packing on an extra 20 Harden. He's got Durant playing the best ball of his life, just getting wasted oh. on this team. Washed up Blake Griffin. This team is just a bunch of minimum dudes with Durant and Harden. It's such a bummer. It's such a waste. Do you think we're at the tail end of that? Do you think we're at the tail end of that super team thing? Go wait. Let's get Roger's point. Let's get Roger's point. Let's see what he thinks about his friend real quick, and then we'll go to that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask. Do you do you remember what I said about my friend earlier? Earlier when we talked about the 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 Nets. Do you remember what I said? I feel sorry for him. 
Like, yeah, I just yeah. feel bad. It's it. I remember talking to him, Bill. Do you remember when you called me about coming on board and yeah. doing the pod? And I told you at the time what I was mulling over. And we had talked about, I was in conversations with Steve about going with him, right? And we, we, his excitement level was so high, like the things and the cool stuff he wanted to do philosophically, you know, we kind of talked about the way he was going to approach it and, and what type of coach he'd be and, you know, offensively and defensively, like the excitement was really cool to hear coming out of his voice. And then I saw him on TV the other day and I looked at his face and it's my guy. And I know he's a little older than me, but Bill. He looked, he looked like it, he looked old. <laughs> he looked like the stress was starting to like get to him. And I can't imagine how it wouldn't like that's, it went from, I don't know, sugar to shit. Like what it to use, a, you know, I don't know. Like you, you're just sitting there thinking you had all this at your disposal and it was supposed to be this great ride. And then the match pulled out from under you for, for various reasons. We need a Nash, we need a Nash basketball exorcism. I don't know what he did. I mean, he's this nice Canadian guy. What did he do? The basketball guts. <laughs> he left Manhattan Beach, is what he did. That's that's what he did. Yeah, but he went to he go. Coach. He had Durant, Kyrie, and they knew there was some trade coming. And I, he probably had an inkling of that Harden was a possibility. But to have a team in this day and age built around a big three, where one of the three has just now been wiped out. Good luck there. Now, but you, no, me- okay, you no, mentioned no, there the, goes a question. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the super team era. I would say the talent in the league right now is the highest it's been since the early nineties. I've, I have actually went through and looked at like, if you make like just a top 40 list of players, cause they, like they always talked about, well, the Sixers aren't trading Ben Simmons unless they get one of the top 30 guys. If you actually make the list of the 30 guys, 40 guys, 50 guys, this league is fucking loaded right now. And you can't win with I like whatever the 2013, 14 heat, team where Joakim Noah was the first team all NBA center in one of those years. And Carmelo was like the third best player in the league. The talent is so much deeper. Now you would have no chance of making the finals with that 2014 heat team. Now where you had LeBron in his prime, but you had Wade basically playing hurt and Bosch and nobody else. That team's not getting the finals these days, which is basically what Brooklyn's put together. You're playing the team like Chicago that has two guys at the end of the game. There we go. That know what they're doing. And they and they have spacing and they can guard the best player on the other team and they have a really good coach. And it's like, you're not just slapping together a two-man team with minimum guys and beating that team. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad he said it. Yeah, let's get into it. We uh, had this pre-pod argument. Go. Yeah, we had a pre-pod argument. Like, I love the Bulls. And our colleague, Sirit Sohi, was on this like back in July. She saw this way back in July that this was going to happen. So kudos to her. And but I didn't I, I remember like calling her and being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean this is the team that that could be a championship contender? And the reason why is because I'm of the super team mind. I'm still in that era where it's like, yo, you can't win unless you have a top five person on your roster. And while that still may be true, I just saw the, this team, as Roger put in our pre-pod meeting, a team of high end number twos. Right. Where you have a DeMar DeRozan, who's a really, really, really good dude. Really, 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 really good player. Is he honest? No, but he's a star. Do you have Busevich, who was a number one? Right. You have Alonzo Ball, who wasn't a number one immediately out of the gate. Love Lonzo, but you see them go toe to toe with the Nets, and it's like, mm, they're not fucking scared of shit. Right. Raja, what do you think of this Bulls team? What, what, you were chopping at the bit. What do you think of this Bulls team right now? 
Yeah, first of all, I, I put more respect on, like, DeMar DeRozan is a boss, always has been a boss. Now, like, like in terms of being able to get buckets, like, he gets buckets. Like, that's but he's certified. gone, I think he's gone up a level from he a decision-making standpoint. There's no, no question. He, he definitely has. He's, he's even, and I, I attribute some of that to spending time in, in San Antonio with Pop yeah. and company, right? Like, Zach Levine was a guy who I thought was burgeoning on, 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 on stardom, but I didn't know if he was, like, the guy on a championship team, right? Like we're we're gonna have you, and then we're gonna have you know uh, guys that aren't necessarily. But if you put him with someone like him, Demar Derozan, like where we both can get 25, 26 a night, I think you're in really good shape. Alonzo and Alex Caruso are two of the best defensive guards in the league. Yep, those dudes sit down and lock up. Like Lonzo has his haters, I'm not one of them, but those two dudes will sit down and guard your dudes who go to work, right? And they don't need the ball. They don't need the ball. We'll sit over there and we'll shoot. We'll get ours in transition, what have you. Um, and then you have two dudes in 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 DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic that can get they can get buckets. Like you give them the ball down and the Vooch, stretch. Vooch hasn't even gotten going yet. He hasn't. He's not playing great. I mean, he's 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 made the most sacrifice out of all of those guys from a shots given up perspective and slippage of of, of field goal percentage. But he'll figure it out, and they'll figure it out around him. The rest of their team, Bill, is are the guys that I think you just spoke about a second ago, where the league has really grown. Like, at one point, you'd have me out there who's going to play some D and shoot threes. They have guys that get buckets and can do a lot of things. There's versatility around the fringes of that. Like, their ceiling, their floor is, 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 is higher because of the pieces they have around the ones we just talked about. I really like the Bulls. And who's going to beat them? Well, you think about... Like what Raja had in the mid two thousands, right? If you had one injury, look at that Suns team you had. Where We're done. it's like, like Jalen was uh, Jalen was playing for that team. He was <laughs> he was at the on the la last rights of his career. You had Marcus Banks. You actually had to rely on. Yep. You had dudes you're throwing out there who I think would be like 14th, 15th men now. Like I'm looking at the Fanduel odds. I think this is nuts. Brooklyn is plus two sixty to win the title. Milwaukee is plus seven hundred seven to one, and I, I would pick Milwaukee if I had to pick anybody. Miami's 12 to one. Philly's 24 to one. Denver's 30 to one to win the title. And to me, it's like that team could, I would not want to see that team in a playoff series. I think they have already figured out the Zach and DeRozan, like those guys, there's no ego at all with those guys. I haven't seen it in the games I've watched where it's all right. It's not like, Hey man, I was hot. And then you took those two shots. Like they, both of them kind of know how to fit in with each other which I think is really unusual. And then Lonzo's really fun to play with. I just think that team's good. I think they have the as good of a chance to make the finals as anyone in the East. I do too. And I think they have another thing going for them. I should have talked about it before. They're, they're all on the same page in terms of the way they're perceived in the league. Like those, those are dudes who still have something to prove to people for one reason or another, right? Mm. Chips on your shoulder. And the coach as well, Billy Donovan, I think probably approaches his messaging the same way. Like, listen, no one, no one gives us a chance to do shit. Like, here's what they said about you, Zach. Here was the knock on you, Demar. Here, look, Lonzo, you know, everyone's got this organic kind of chip on their shoulder and they put it all together and it's including unselfish. Including, including the him. coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So this is my pause on this. And I told Roger this, the Bulls teams look, and I'm not talking about talent wise. I'm just talking about where they stand in the Eastern Conference and where they they stand. They remind me of those Thibodeau Bulls teams with the Derrick Roses and the young Jimmy Butlers and the Todd Gibsons, where they're really good, really deep team. But 
they don't have a dude. You could make the argument it was Derrick Rose, but they don't have a dude like a Giannis on the team, which where you where you know you're gonna give them the ball. They don't have a top flight person to do that. So it seems like, you know, they're going to be just good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose to a team with a generational star. Simmons, talk me out of that I right di- now. I disagree completely. I, okay. So here's what I judge this stuff by, especially like first 25 games. Like, do I like the shots you're getting? Can you get stops? Mm-hmm. I really like the shots the Bulls get. If you if you really watch them carefully, the fourth quarter, they get, DeRozan gets great shots. Zach can either create a good shot for himself or get a shot for somebody else. It's always like somebody's wide open or it's like if they missed a shot, it was because the guy just missed a wide open three or he missed like a 10-footer. You look at some of these other teams and, you know, like I look at my Celtics when things really slow down and it's like, uh uh-oh, here comes Tatum between the legs 20 times, pull up 25-footer, or here's Schroeder like just barreling into the paint. Or here's Jalen from corner three. Like, we don't have a lot of options. It's hard for us to score when the game slows down. I don't think it's hard for the Bulls to score when the game slows down. And then the Lonzo piece, they just get like eight, 10 transition points a game that Lonzo brings you. Just rebound, flick of the 70-foot pass, flick of the wrist, or just hockey assist. People don't know what that does to a team, Bill. If you haven't played with someone like that, you don't know the 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 cumulative effect that it has. Like it is, it is so infectious that, that, Hey man, I'm just going to give you this. Go ahead take that. I'm advancing it. Go get that layup. Right. I don't think they have one guy that can get you a bucket. They got two. They got two and a third because mm. when Pooch figures Pooch. It, they have three dudes who can get you a bucket. Now, do we have, do we have 2019 Raptors vibes here where we're just like, you know, yes. that, that, that we're, that we're going to not know until we know. Yeah. Okay. Hundred okay. percent. So two things: they they need Williams to come back. That they they said he's out for the season, but I think they meant out for the season probably April. But if if he can come back for the playoffs, and they at least I'm just thinking like, how do you beat Brooklyn? How do you beat Milwaukee? They need guys to throw at Durant. Now, does it even matter with Durant? He's getting a 35 no. anyway. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and then the Milwaukee thing: like Giannis is the best player in the league. He's been the best player in the league for a couple of years. And could he just athletically destroy them? I'm pushing back on that. I think I think it's Kevin still, but go ahead. I still I'm just gonna say I think it's Kevin. Giannis is the best player in the league, Logan. <laughs> That's fine. Go ahead. He's go the best. I don't. He's the best two way player, not just this year, but in the last few years. You'd have to go back to LeBron in like 2013 on Miami to and a guy who makes this st- much of an impact on both sides. And his team still almost lost to Kevin last year in the playoffs. This, and Kevin said went. almost. This is 2021 Giannis. You can't, <laughs> the evolution of him over the last eight months has to be accounted for. He's a different guy than he was eight months ago. I, I'm a full believer. I think he's got it. He figured it out. All right, for sure. Do you think Milwaukee is the team to beat in the in the Eastern Conference right now? Do you or is that the one that the bull it, it has to go through Milwaukee to to uh yes. to get to the finals? Like okay. Because they're better than they were last year. And the Giannis piece. You know, he's at the peak of his powers. It's no different than, I don't know, Duncan in 2003 or LeBron in 2013. Like, this is like a once a decade athlete at the peak of his powers who has figured out a lot of the chess stuff with basketball. I still think it goes through them. What do you think, Raja? No, it's definitely going through Milwaukee. I mean, without, it has to. Yeah, it's not even a question. Without, without Kyrie, it's not even a question. Yeah. Who's winning the title too, way too early right now? Who's winning the title? 
Why, way too early right now, but who's winning it? December pick right now, because I don't know when we're going to get you right I now. I don't think Brooklyn can get there unless they figure out the Kyrie thing. Either turn him into an asset or bring him back. But if if that's just a lost asset, you can't recover from that. It's say, like Raja had that in 06. It's like, oh, we can win without Amari. No, you can't. You're not, you're not actually winning the finals Sorry, without Rob. like one of your two best players. No. And you fought and you got there and it was close, yeah. but ultimately like it fucking sucks not to have one of your three best players. Like it's just a fact. Teams don't win titles without one of their three best guys. So, so you got, you got Milwaukee. I think it's Milwaukee. I like Chicago more than Miami personally. Okay. Well, you got raw the real two way, December pick way too early pick winning the chip. Oh, so, yeah. oh, you want a West too? I would say I had Milwaukee Phoenix before the season, and I'm sticking with that, even though wavering a little Golden State versus Phoenix, but I'm gonna stick with what I did. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, because I this is just what I want. And it's just a bias here, you know? And it'll be good for the ringer and the Don't say the Lakers. Don't you dare. dare. Don't you say the Lakers. No, I'm gonna say it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna be Brooklyn Golden State. Oh my god, selfishly. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. It's okay. Go ahead. What, Ra- Ra- yeah, what dude, you, I, you, I'm giving Raja real quick a chance to amend his pick because we both picked the Lakers to come out of the Western Conference. Terrible. As you know, it was it was terrible. I'm giving you an opportunity to amend your pick right now, Ra. Who you got, Ra? Yeah, right now I will I will take that. I think I said Milwaukee from the jump, right? We were always on Milwaukee to represent the Eastern Conference. I thought other than L.A., Phoenix would be the team that I would pick coming in. But what I've seen from yeah. Golden State, um, yes. and if Clay is back and Clay is moving well, that's going to be, damn, I'm telling you, it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to take Golden State. So I'll take okay. Milwaukee, Golden State. Pick right now. Who you got? Who you got? Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee too. I think Golden State's probably a safer pick. I'm going to stick with my pick just because I hate changing my pick 20 times. But I think it's Milwaukee and Chicago. I think it's Golden State, Phoenix. I think that's our final four. And Brooklyn, if they if they can somehow figure out how to leverage Kyrie into a different asset that can help these guys, then that yep. that's the wild card, at least in the East. I don't see the Miami thing though. I I I can't get as excited about it as some other people. Maybe I need to watch them more, but I I just don't think they're on the level of some of these other teams. They came out of the gates. They came out of the gates hot. They're they're gonna you all you know what you're gonna get out of Miami build. Like you you know that they're gonna they're gonna be solid. They're gonna be. You know they're gonna share the hell out of the ball. They're gonna defend, but I, I think I think there's they a need too many on that breaks too. to get to the finals. Yeah. They need too many breaks to happen for them. And it's not because they're not tough and good in a Pat Riley system. But I don't I don't see Miami either. Hey guys, don't sleep on the Celtics. Best net rating after the first five games, like one of the best net ratings in the league. That I, I, I hey, don't believe this. I don't believe Simmons, this at all. Simmons, we're gonna we're gonna have you and Jackie back on for our Celtics Palooza in a few weeks. So um, it's, that'll be the that. lowest we're, rated yeah. podcast you have. They're not. They're, I I watch the Warriors and the Bulls more than I watch the Celtics at this point. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in depth, so we will see you back for that one. This has been another edition of Real Ones, Monday Real Ones um, with me, Ra. Thanks, Simmons, for coming on, bro. Um, you can catch us every Monday and Thursday, but in the meantime, make sure you check out Mismatch. Make sure you check out Group Chat. Make sure you check out uh, the answer with Sirit Sohi, who has been who's been talking about the Chicago Bulls. Um, make sure you check out R two C two with who? Roger Bell, Baleo Legend, the Crestside oh. Clown, CC Sabathia. Wow. Mm, make yeah, sure Bill. you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Roger Bell. So much propaganda. Town Legend Danielle Smith. Mm, we will see you guys on Thursday. Holla.